I'm Scott Wright from DraftCountdown.com. And I'm Shane P. Helm from DraftTV.com. We have something fun planned. Uh, of course, every draft Knicks dream is to actually be in the war room running a draft for an actual NFL team. And, and while that's still not a, a realistic for most of, us, most of us, we now are one step closer to that dream thanks to Fanspeak. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with it, they have a, a 2015 NFL draft simulator. Uh, it, it's really fun. I highly encourage uh, anybody who hasn't already to check it out. The address is uh, fanspeak.com slash on the clock. Uh, you can do trades. You can do one round. You can do seven rounds. Uh, you can choose which draft board you want to work off of. Lots of great options. Uh, really really a clean presentation, easy to use, and a whole lot of fun. So uh, we're going to do it with the New Orleans Saints since they have two first-round picks and and kind of a lot of options and a lot of different scenarios. Uh, and, and, and for the purpose of this exercise, uh, I am going to be serving as the head coach, and Shane is going to be serving as the, the general manager to kind of just give a little insight uh, in, into th- those types of dynamics that, that I think do happen in a war room. Uh, of course, everybody's goal is to win, but not everybody always has the, the, the same game plan for how to get there. Uh, and, and sometimes there's different agendas in terms of long-term, short-term. So um, a lot of moving parts within war rooms on draft day. So hopefully this exercise will reflect that to a certain degree. Uh, as I said, we are going to operate as the New Orleans Saints. Uh, and they have two first-rounders uh, at number 13, which is their own, and number 31 overall, which is from the Seahawks and the Jimmy Graham trade. Uh, and then we're only going to do round one, but they also have a, a second-rounder at number 44, two third-rounders at 75 and 78. So we have some trade ammunition here, Shane, to work around to work with if we want to move around in the draft a little bit. I, I don't know if I foresee anything dramatic, at least from my perspective, but I think there could be the potential to maybe move up or even down, I guess, but, but I'm kind of looking up maybe a handful of slots, but let, let's, before we start the draft, uh, let's have our pre-draft meeting and kind of talk about 
what we want to do, what are our priorities. So I'll let you kick it off as a general manager. What's your uh, thoughts on, on what our game plan should be? Let's 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 chat about that. Let's chat about uh, what what we're looking at in this draft. Obviously, we've we're, we're kind of in this this semi rebuilding process, trading away Jimmy Graham and trading some of our other pieces, acquiring some of these extra picks. Uh, and and I think when I look at our team, uh, I feel confident for both of us that our our job security is pretty secure here. Uh, we have a, a franchise quarterback in Drew Brees who's getting up there in age, but I don't think it's the time to address that quarterback position. But we've had one, one of the worst defenses in the NFL the past couple of years, and I think it's really time to address that. I don't think we necessarily have to move up and, and get a player. I think 13 could be a good spot. Maybe it's a little bit risky, uh, but I think it could be a good spot for us. So when I look at what positions that I am interested in addressing in that first round, uh, the big thing that sticks out to me is that front seven, specifically the pass rushing position. I mean, Junior Gillette, I think has played well, has had some off-the-field problems now. Uh, I don't think we really have too much opposite him and then Paris Harrelson. I think that can definitely be upgraded. Getting an elite pass rusher could help our whole defense uh, in, in such a big way. And uh, that that would be my first priority with that 13th pick. Now, we can we could talk about maybe do we want to move up um, and, and feel confident that we're going to secure one of the top guys. I personally am willing to run the risk of sitting at 13 when I see how many good pass rushers I'd feel confident with, Dante Fowler, Shane Ray, uh, Vic Beasley, Randy Gregory, Bud Dupree, I think any of those players I'd feel pretty confident with at number 13 overall. And I think, I think one of them is going to be there. So uh, to me, uh, that, that is comes my first priority. Um, uh, why don't you talk about that, and we can talk about some of the other options too. I think we are on the exact same page in terms of pass rusher. To me, that is my number one priority, and – I think we have to come out of this first round with a pass rusher, whether it be a 13, preferably, or worst case, 31. And and honestly, I'd be open to moving up a little bit from 13 to make sure we get one, or, or more specifically, get a guy that, that, that we're targeting. If, if we have a preference, we can kind of get into that and, and maybe determine if there's somebody that's head and shoulders above the rest that we should get aggressive for. But if for some reason we don't get a pass rusher at 13, then I want to look at someone like Owamabe Odigizuwa at 31, maybe Eli Harold from Virginia. Uh, but but there's a lot of pass rushers in this draft, but they're going to come off the board quick, and, and I'm not so sure that there's going to be much value by the time we choose again in the middle of the second round. So I want to come away. I, I totally agree. Defense is a priority. That's why we traded Jimmy Graham. We're kind of diversifying our assets. We're shifting some from offense over to defense. Uh, and I understand we Marcus Colston's not a spring chicken. We're gonna have to bring in a wide receiver at some point, and and somebody like Devonte Parker from Louisville would be tempting at 13. But I just think we have bigger fish to fry. I, I really do. I think we have to go. I wouldn't be adverse to going defense with both of those those first round picks, but but certainly one of them. If we can only go defense with one of them, it's got to be a pass rusher. So. Now let's get into the nitty-gritty. Which pass rusher do we like? Uh, and, 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 of course, they might come off the board early and often and, and, and limit our options. But the one guy of the top group that I personally would kind of like to throw out of the conversation right away is Shane Ray from Missouri. Uh, I just am skeptical about his ability to play 3-4 outside linebacker, play in space on his feet, uh, even in our odd front. So uh, I, 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 Shane, Shane Ray, to me, wouldn't be in consideration uh, at, at number 13. My, my short list at 13 would be Dante Fowler from Florida, uh, 
Bud Dupree from Kentucky, Vic Beasley from Clemson, Randy Gregory from Nebraska. And I think probably in that order. I think that's the order I'd want to take a chance on them. But let's talk about your thoughts on the top group of pass rushers. Uh, And then Gregory, we're going to have to have another discussion about in terms of the character and whether or not we're we're willing to take that risk. So we'll we'll put that on the back burner for just a minute. But talk a little bit about is there anybody from that top group you want to throw out? Is there anybody that you're saying, oh, we got to have this guy? What are your thoughts on the top group of pass rushers? I, I like them all. I don't think there's someone that we necessarily have to toss out. If you want to toss out Ray, I, I have a feeling he'll be gone as it is anyway. Uh, so I don't think we're going to have to run into that problem um, ultimately. And so I, I think we can get into that Gregory discussion because I, I don't think your order is bad. But I, th- I think I would put Gregory uh, above Dupree. Um, and I, I, even with the off-field concerns, I feel good about our locker room. I feel good about our team. I feel good about the coaching staff and and everyone around that um, that we can bring Randy Gregory in this, despite the failed marijuana test and some of the past uh, issues that he's had. I, I, th- I think he might be the best pass rusher in this draft. And if we could get him at pick 13, uh, I think it could be a slam dunk. Now, I, I, I certainly put – Dante Fowler Jr. and Vic Beasley uh, right up there. And I, I think Bud Dupree's not far behind either. I, I'd be happy with any of those players. But if there's one of these guys that uh, is maybe likely to fall, I think it would be Randy Gregory based on those off-field concerns. And, and if he falls to us at 13, I, I would be very confident in snatching him up, say if it's between Randy Gregory or Bud Dupree. Uh, I, I might lean towards the upside. I think we have a team that uh, with, with Drew Brees – uh, we kind of have to draft guys that, that are, are as good as it gets that can do it on the field right now, and I think Randy Gregory can certainly do that. Yeah, and I think Gregory might have the highest upside as a pass rusher in this entire draft, too. And, and if he hits his ceiling, we're going to have a steal at number 13 overall. The problem is as much of an upside as there is, there is just as much of a downside. I think Gregory very much qualifies as a boom or bust type of prospect, and uh, of course, he failed his drug test at the scouting combine, which is never a good thing. Now, it's not the end of the world. Justin Houston failed his test at the combine, too, and he's one of the best pass rushers in the league. But it, it, there's a reason they call it the idiot test. That drug test at the scouting combine, the league calls it the idiot test because they know they're going to get tested. It's not random. It's not they might be 50-50. It's 100% you are going to get tested. So to still fail that, that's an ominous sign. Because uh, it, it either means you can't control yourself, or uh, or you're just not very bright, and whatever the answer is, it, it's not sufficient. Uh, now, devil's advocate, I would say that under the league's new substance policy, they've increased the threshold for a positive test. I think they've almost doubled it, and you get many more failed tests before you face a lengthy suspension. Like, for example, Josh Gordon ha- has uh, faced with the Cleveland Browns. I, I think you can fail. What is it, four, five, six tests before you even face a four-game suspension? So Randy Gregory is going to have a lot longer leash than Josh Gordon. But, boy, at the same time, Shane, you, you see quotes from him saying that in the past, abstaining has been a struggle. And we can make all the arguments we want about how society is changing and, and marijuana is being legalized in different states, whether it be medicinally or, or rec- recreationally. But at the end of the day, the bottom line is it's still against NFL rules. So, it's a really tough situation, especially since I guess we as the Saints have been kind of sending mixed signals this offseason in terms of how much we value character. So it's tough. And if Gregory's there at 13, I think that's going to be a really interesting conversation to have. 
but I, I, it sounds to me like we're kind of a consensus that we're looking at a pass rusher with that top pick. Do you agree? Is there another position that you'd want to throw into the, the conversation, or are we looking pass rusher strictly almost? I, I think we're we're almost strictly pass rusher. I think the only other player that, that I'd really want to consider, if he's there, and I'm not sure that he will be, I kind of doubt he will be, would be Trey Wayans, the cornerback from Michigan State. I know he signed Brandon Browner in the offseason uh, and Kyle Wilson as well. But I still think corner is a position where we, we could use another kind of starting talent for the future. Browner's 30 years old. I still would prefer pass rusher over Wayans. I'd probably prefer any of those five guys that we mentioned uh, over Wayans. But um, just, just to kind of have something in mind, just in case those pass rushers fly, someone else is going to fall, and it could be a guy like Wayans, who I think would fit our team uh, tremendously. Yeah, and I think Waynes would be in the discussion value-wise, but like you said, we brought in Browner, we brought in Wilson, we've kind of addressed that. Uh, even the offensive line, we we, we reworked Jari Evans' contract, mm-hmm. we traded for Max Unger, so that's not really a concern. I guess if I were going to throw one other player and or position into the mix, I'd say Devontae Parker, the wide receiver from Louisville. Uh, I, I think he's the last of that top-tier pass catchers, um, and then I think there's a drop-off after him. So I'd be willing to consider him at 13, even though I think there's great depth at the wide receiver position this year, and we can get a pass catcher with one of our plethora of other picks, whether it be in the second round, third round. So uh, need-wise, I'm not necessarily going to be banging the table for Parker, but value-wise, I think he should be in the discussion along with Waynes and those pass rushers too, just because he is the last of kind of that top tier, and then there's a drop-off. But uh, So pass rusher, um, now the question is, do is there one that stands out above the rest that we're willing to – to sacrifice some of this ammunition we have to trade up a little bit. I I don't think we should do anything crazy like go into the top five. Um, I don't think there's there's anybody that's – because all of these pass rushers, I think, have potentially fatal flaws as well. And, and even Fowler, I'm not quite as high on. I just don't know that he has that elite upside. So I don't want to do anything crazy to trade up for any of these pass rushers. But back end of the top ten – I might be open to that conversation uh, if one of these guys starts falling. And, and specifically, I kind of think Dupre is the guy that, that intrigues me. Um, I, I, I think, it, given the choice, I think Fowler's probably going to be off the board. I don't know that he's going to be in range for us. I mentioned I don't like Ray. So so really, it's Dupre, Beasley, and Gregory. And for me, it's kind of in that order. I I don't know that I want to trade up for Gregory. I think he comes with his own set of risks. If he's there at 13 and we're still at 13, then he should be in the conversation. But I don't know if I want to go any further out on a limb for him than we already might be. So I guess the discussion is Dupre and Beasley. Are, are you inclined to, to make a bold move to go up a handful of spots for either of those guys? I'm going to say no. I don't think, I don't think we need to. Uh, I, I look at the guys ahead of us, uh, the Rams, I don't think they're taking a pass rusher. Minnesota, I don't think they're taking a pass rusher. Cleveland at 12 is a possibility, but I, I don't think that's going to be their highest priority either. Um, I, and I don't, I don't foresee us moving up to the top eight um, where these guys are going to go. So uh, to me, I would rather sit back at 13, see if a, a Dupre or a Gregory uh, I think one of those guys is going to fall down to us, and I think we're still going to get them. I'd, I'd rather keep our ammunition and maybe save it for the second day. And basically to move up into that, say, 7-10 to 10 range based on the trade value chart, uh, the 13th overall pick's worth 11.50, uh, and so it probably costs us 
the two third rounders to move up into that seven to ten range. It would probably cost us seventy five and seventy eight. And uh, I agree with you. I don't know if there's one guy that stands out head and shoulders above the rest that we need to to give up other valuable day day one day two type assets to go get. So I guess I'm inclined to to, to stand pat at thirteen and see what falls to us and hope one of those guys is there. Um, but I think we should kind of keep an eye on the situation. If they start coming off the board fast and furiously, then we might have to, to go back and, and, and reevaluate the situation and, and determine whether we want to make an offer to move up. But uh, I, I'm pretty confident with our plan. Uh, are you ready to play yeah. for the draft to start? Let's do it. All right. Let's start the 2015 NFL draft. Commissioner Goodell is at the podium. And the first pick is Jameis Winston, quarterback to Florida State, goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And number two overall, Fowler Jr., defensive end, outside linebacker, out of Florida. So so there's the first of our pass rushers, Shane. Uh, right. And, and like I said, for me, I threw Shane Rain off the list completely. I, I'm, not, I'm not in on Shane. So there's three left. So there's still options, but there's uh, still ten picks before us, too. So let's see how this continues to play out. Next pick, Jacksonville Jaguars take Leonard Williams, defensive lineman out of USC. Oakland Raiders at number four overall take Amari Cooper, wide receiver, Alabama. Washington at number five, a little bit of a surprise. They take Lyle Collins, offensive lineman out of LSU, first surprise that's, of the that's draft. Good for, that's yep. good for us. I mean, that's... Absolutely, because they were a team that was looking for a pass rusher, as are the Jets with the next pick. So this is another big one. Right. And really, if the Amari... Jets don't take one here, we're going to really have our pick of the litter. Right. I mean, they should take Mariota here. I mean, they should. You would think. And they indeed do. They take Marcus Mariota, quarterback, out of Oregon. So we're looking good, Shane. Do we, I don't think there's any need yeah. to reevaluate here or anything. Uh, I think no. we're, we're looking pretty. We're sitting pretty. So uh, let's just let it play out and see uh, see what comes to us. Number seven, the Chicago Bears take Vic Beasley, outside linebacker from Clemson. So there's one of them. That, that's uh, somewhat unexpected. I thought they might go with a wide receiver there. So. There's another one off the board. Uh, we have, let's see, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. We have five picks before us, and there's two of our guys on our board left with Dupre from Kentucky and Gregory from Nebraska. So I think if one more guy comes off the board, Shane, we need to take a look at things. Yeah, I mean, this this pick here for Atlanta, I think, is the linchpin. If, if they take one, then we got to think about it. And the Atlanta Falcons take Brandon Sheriff, offensive lineman out of Iowa. So we dodged a bullet there. Yeah, so I, I, that's, you know, I, I feel confident. Yeah, I feel confident we're gonna we're gonna get one of our one of the two guys at least. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good too. Let's just uh, hold our water and see what happens for another pick or two. Next up, we have the New York Giants at number nine, and they chose Kevin White, the wide receiver from West Virginia. So, so we're still sitting pretty here, and we're getting closer to our pick. Up next, the St. Louis Rams at number ten have chosen Trey Waynes cornerback out of Michigan State and this was a guy that uh, we said was going to maybe be in the conversation for us, uh, for us if he was there but now he's not. Minnesota Vikings at number 11 chose Devontae Parker wide receiver from Louisville so so kind of our plan B and plan C Shane is off the board <laughs> but luckily but we, we are guaranteed one of these pass rushers we're guaranteed right, one we're of them. still alive exactly so uh, next up the Cleveland Browns at number 12 who could probably look for a pass rusher so they take Landon Collins, safety out of Alabama. So here we are, Shane. We're looking good. Our plan worked out. Uh, we, we, are, we are able to retain all of our assets, and we got two pass rushers that we like on the board. Are, 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 are you with me that uh, about throwing out Shane Ray? 
Yeah, are, are you together I, I'm, I'm on with that? you. Yeah, I, I feel much more confident in Randy Gregory and, and Bud Dupree. So I, I think it's kind of down between those two players for me. I'm inclined to go Dupree here um, just because of the safety factor. He might not have as much upside as Gregory has, uh, I'll willingly admit, but I think he's probably a, a better all-around player, and I think he's safer from the intangibles perspective. I think he's uh, there's there's a higher floor with him. Uh, so I'd be inclined to go Dupree here. Do you want to make an argument for Gregory, or are you on the same thought process? What do you think? I, I mean, I'm leaning Gregory. I just think with the, with our team situation as it is right now, where I think I think our window is. I know we're kind of doing this rebuild thing, but if if we want to win another Super Bowl with Drew Brees, I think I think we need to swing for the fences a little bit. And I know Gregory with 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 a pot issue off the field. That's evolving and that's changing. Um, I I I feel good that he's man enough to admit it. You know, admit that he uh, has a problem. Unlike a Josh Gordon, who seems to be adamant against that and keeps getting into trouble. I feel like we have a system we could support him and get. In my my opinion, the best pass rusher in this draft, and I think getting that at thirteen is just really tough for me to to pass up on that upside. I think he's a perfect fit for our defense, um, and and I think we have a locker room to really support him. That's why I would I would kind of lean towards Gregory here for for us being the Saints. Well, and and one thing that leads me to to maybe agree with you is that we have job security. We're not necessarily on the hot seat. Uh, 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 at least I, I know I won a Super Bowl not that too, not that long ago. I, I'd be in demand if I went somewhere. So um, I, I feel pretty good about my job, but this is a big pick too. At the same time, I don't can can we afford to completely whiff on this pick because we have to we have to face that possibility that Randy Gregory could completely blow up in our faces. I, I think he has that much of a downside. I think he is a definition of a boomer bust type of prospect. And uh, th- th- there's a really good chance that it could blow up on our face. Are, are, are we willing to live with that? Uh, are, are you? So I, honestly, I, I could go either way. I, I'm pretty close. I, I really like Gregory. I, I have the same respect for his talent and upside as you do, but I'm a big fan of Dupre as well. And, and, uh, and, and I think he's a much safer option. So uh, honestly, I could probably go either way. I think it just comes down to whether or not we're willing to stick our necks out there for Randy Gregory and, 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 it might not cost us our jobs if it goes wrong, but it's not going to look good on the resume resume either uh, if it goes as bad as it possibly could. So, uh, what are your what's your stance on that? Uh, do you, is it uh, slam dunk? Gregory's way better than Dupre for you. Uh, is it close? Uh, what's what? Where you kind of stand there? How close is it? I think that I think that he's he's a step up in terms of talent from Dupre, um, and I I, I I just imagine Randy Gregory with Rob Ryan and, and what he could do uh, here on the field is is incredible. I, and I, like you said, I, I think we have we have that job security. I think we have a good base to kind of build around, and um, you know from a talent perspective. I mean, this this Randy Gregory is a player that could come in and and be you know be a terror for this defense. I, I just I feel more confident that he is going to give give us more on the field in year one um, as well. So I kind of I, I kind of see him as a step up, and that's you know that's the way that I'm leaning with this pick. I, I'm willing to take that risk if if you are. I think I will because not only is the job security, but it's not like we're putting all our eggs in this basket. We still have another first round pick. We have a second rounder. We have two thirds. We have 
we're going to bring in more players. It's not going to be a one-player draft. It's not like when we traded up for Ricky Williams and everything was on his shoulders. So, um, like I say, it's close, and I could be swayed either way, but I I certainly see the argument for Randy Gregory. Uh, I think he'd be a nice fit in Rob Ryan's defense. He could kind of be his his new version of DeMarcus Ware, and and he is what exactly what we're lacking is that potentially dynamic impact edge pass rusher. So uh, all things considered, I'm willing to stick my neck out there for Gregory. A consensus? Let's, let's take him. All right. We're taking Randy Gregory, outside linebacker from Nebraska, and the pick is in. We got our first choice. So now we're on the board again at 31. Do you want to take a little break here and talk a little bit about what our game plan is going to be for that choice now that we know what we did at 13. Because before we made our first pick, it was kind of hard to say, but now we have a little bit more information. What are we thinking for 31? 31's tough because I think we could go a number of different ways. I kind of break it down into to two possibilities of continuing to build the defense, of, of let's let's hammer our biggest weakness, let's get a guy uh, maybe up front, um, I could see going on the defensive line, though I don't think it's a, a giant weakness. Um, I think there could be decent value if, if we see a guy like Danny Shelton or Malcolm Brown potentially fall in the late first. Um, I think that's an area that could use upgraded that, that's very thin. Cameron Jordan's a stud. Other than that, I'm not sure I'm super confident. Uh, or or going with, with a, a corner. Same, same type of deal, though. We're signing Brandon Brown or signing Kyle Wilson. I don't think it's like this, this top huge priority, but if you could get a guy like like Quentin Rollins um, in that late first, maybe we can bring along. We did just take Stanley Jean-Baptiste last year in the second round, so I think the defense is a priority, but uh, the more I look at it, uh, now that we got our stud pass rusher, I don't know if there's a position that I feel we have to address it. So then I look to the offensive side of the ball, and um, I, I look at, at weapons. And I think you, you, you talked about it. I think we both talked about it a little bit with Devontae Parker, potentially a 13. Um, do we, could we go after a wide receiver here? I think the depth's pretty good. And with the number of picks that we have with two third-rounders, I mean, I think we could wait on receiver. Then the question comes, well, what about tight end? We trade away Jimmy Graham. How confident are we in Josh Hill as a replacement for him? If Max Williams, the top tight end in this draft, is sitting there at 31, I know this is the pick that we got for Jimmy Graham, but do you, you kind of take that and um, just, just, just swap, swap for a new tight end right off the bat? Um, so that's kind of where I stand. Maybe I want to wait and see what uh, more information or more players kind of fall and who's left if there's a defensive lineman that falls way too far to 31 or uh, just, just uh, you know, a value pick that we can make there. Maybe we go with that. Um, but, but that's kind of the two sides I fall on. Either we keep bolstering this defense uh, with some of these positions we addressed in free agency or we, we take a playmaker. Well, I certainly wouldn't be adverse to going defense again. Uh, I, I think we need to continue to bolster that side of the ball. Uh, and, and maybe an inside linebacker like Stephon Anthony from Clemson, uh, Denzel Perriman from Miami might be a fit. Uh, I, I totally agree with you on wide receiver. Uh, I, I think we should wait to either that second-round pick or one of those two third-round picks. 
I, I absolutely agree we need to get one eventually, but let's take advantage of that depth, especially since we still we still do have Brandon Cooks, our first rounder last year, Marcus Colston, so it's not like we need somebody to come in and, and be our go-to guy from day one. Uh, we can maybe take a, a project who we can bring along, slowly develop. Remember, we got Kenny Stills in the third round, so um, I think we can get a pass catcher later. Uh, to, to me, if we don't go defense again, to me, the, the other logical position would be tight end, uh, whether it be Devin Funches from Michigan, Max Williams from Minnesota. Otherwise, I think a little further down the line, Clive Walford from Miami. But I want to get one of these top tight ends, Shane, because I think there's a pretty dramatic drop-off after that top three to four. So if you don't get one early, I'm not so sure you're going to get a starting caliber tight end. And uh, and let, let's face it, that Josh Hill has the potential, but Put it, stick, putting it, putting our expectations all on his shoulders, I think, would be a, a huge leap of faith. So, so honestly, at 31, I'm looking really closely at one of those top two tight ends, whether it be Funches or Williams, or if not, that second round pick, Clive Walford, tight end from Miami. Although I'm not convinced that he's going to be there at number 44. So if we pass on a tight end at 31. We might be playing with fire a little bit, so uh, so that, that let's see how uh, the draft plays out for a little bit here, and, uh, and as our our choice creeps a little closer, uh, number fourteen, the Miami Dolphins chose Shane Ray from Missouri. So there's another player that was kind of in the mix for us, Shane, off the board shortly after our choice. Number fifteen, we have the San Francisco 49ers chose Malcolm Brown, defensive tackle from Texas. Number sixteen, the Houston Texans take T.J. Clemmings, offensive tackle from Pitt. Number 17, the San Diego Chargers take Jordan Phillips, nose tackle out of Oklahoma. 18, the Kansas City Chiefs take Cameron Irving, center out of Florida State. Interesting pick. Good pick, though, in my opinion. Uh, The Cleveland Browns at 19 take Eddie Goldman, defensive tackle from Florida State. 20, the Eagles take Jalen Strong, wide receiver from Arizona State. So I don't think anything to, to affect our plans here, Shane. I don't think there's anybody that we need to get aggressive for at this point. Uh, agreed? Yeah, agreed, no. All right, Cincinnati Bengals at number 21 take Shaq Thompson, linebacker out of Washington. At number 22, the Pittsburgh Steelers take Bud Dupree, linebacker from Kentucky, the other the other finalist for our pick. We uh, it, was, it was kind of 1A, 1B for us with Gregory and Dupree. Uh, number 23, the Detroit Lions take Danny Shelton, nose tackle out of Washington. Number 24, the Arizona Cardinals take Jake Fisher, offensive lineman out of Oregon. Number 25, the Carolina Panthers take Eric Flowers, offensive tackle Miami. Number 26, the Baltimore Ravens take P.J. Williams, cornerback out of Florida State. So we're within a a handful of picks here, Shane, but uh, I think the the board's playing out for us. I don't think there's any uh, reason for us to have to explore trading up. No, I I don't think there's any reason to explore trading up, uh, you know, if – if I think if we want we want that tight end, I think we we might end up having our choice here between uh, Funches and Max Williams. Yeah, if one of the tight ends comes off the board before our pick, then maybe we can uh, pause and reevaluate. But let's just keep going. Uh, number twenty-seven, the Dallas Cowboys take Todd Gurley, running back out of Georgia. Number twenty-eight, the Denver Broncos take AJ Can, offensive guard out of South Carolina. Twenty-nine, the Indianapolis Colts take Eric Armstead. Defensive lineman out of Oregon. At number 30, Max Williams, tight end, Minnesota, goes to the Green Bay Packers, which puts us on the clock, Shane. And now th- th- that that just made things a whole lot interest- more interesting, <laughs> I-, I think, uh, because I-, I think we're going to have might have a debate here about what, what position Devin Funches is going to play. Um, 
So, what are your initial thoughts? We see the situation. We think in defense. We think in tight end. What's your initial leaning? We have five minutes to make our choice. I mean, I, I look at the defenders left, and I don't know if there's anyone to me that screams first-round pick right here. You know what I mean? I, I don't think there's anyone that I feel we have to grab that that that, that position would not be around for a second-rounder. Um, and I, I think the argument for tight end with Funches and Clive Walford is kind of next. And I think in our system, I actually really like Devin Funches. Um, now, obviously, I view him a little bit more as, as a wideout than as a tight end, but that's kind of how we use Jimmy Graham. Uh, we split him out wide, and I think that's a role we could put Devin Funches in, of putting him in the slot, splitting him out wide, just using his size to his advantage and um, using him in, in multiple ways. Uh, I look at the other positions. I think we can find we could find a, a corner. We could find inside linebacker uh, with our second-round pick. Uh, but I think – I don't know. If we don't take a tight end here, I just don't know if we're going to get one. Yeah, I, I'm along the same line of thinking as you are because uh, the other position I'd be looking at is that inside linebacker, but they're all still on the board. And I think there's five inside linebackers with top 50 grades. So I think there's a good chance that at least one of those guys is going to be available for our next pick at 44, whereas tight end – we we could get uh, if it's a game of musical chairs we could be left standing by that point so I'm definitely looking at tight end too and then the question is Funches versus Walford and, and I think the difference here is Walford would be the safe choice we know he's a tight end he might not have as high of an upside as Funches but I think he's got a higher floor we know what we're getting with Walford whereas Funches it would be a little bit of a swing for the fences kind of like we did with Gregory. Uh, just because he is a little bit of that wide receiver tight end tweener. But honestly, that that's not too much of a concern for me because we could probably use help at either wide receiver or tight end. If, if it doesn't work out at tight end, we'll make him a receiver and he can be the, Col- the replacement for Marcus Colson. So I think in this instant, for the New Orleans Saints, I think Devin Funches uh, is kind of a multi-purpose tool that, that is kind of a perfect fit. And I think he's the one tight end in this class. And, and literally, I think one tight end in this class has – that that elite tight end upside if there's one tight end in this class capable of being a a Jimmy Graham a Julius Thomas a Rob Gronkowski maybe not quite to that level but in that conversation level talent and impact performer I think it is Funchess so um, uh, to me I'm kind of looking at Funchess here Uh, I I think if you could guarantee me Walford was going to be there at 44 I'd be willing to go in another direction but I'm just not convinced and and like I said if we don't get one of those three I don't know that we're getting a tight end so I just think we can get an inside linebacker or a wide receiver later we might not be able to get a tight end much less one with nearly as high of an upside as Funchess offers. So I think we're going to take Funches. Uh, let me let me throw a little curveball at you. Um, I think I know what's coming. Do, should we take another pass rusher? Could, oh, could I, I was going to ask another... you. If I thought we should move down, maybe. Oh uh, well, well I thought about that, and we could try to move down. I think it'd be a little too risky if if yeah. we're looking at tight end to move down. But uh, I mean, I, I think we both really like Odigizua. I just uh, I don't I don't necessarily think we should go that way, but I think it's something to consider real quick if if we want to really build that defense and build that pass rush and make it elite. I mean, we could we could take a kind of a safer guy uh, versus our high upside guy and and go attack that position that way. Well, I know the off the field concerns reared their ugly head for Junior Gallette again, but uh, he's a heck of a pass rusher. I, I think yeah. I have to feel 
comfortable. I, I, I think it would be overboard to go with another one. And, and I agree with you that I, I think if we, if we want a tight end, if that's the, the game plan, I don't think we want to get too cute and, and risk losing, especially if we feel Funchess is the best fit for us. So um, I, I guess I'm prepared to pull the trigger on Funchess if you are. Yep. We still have a minute yeah, left on the clock, so if there's anything else you want to, if you want to discuss, but um, like I say, we do still have a minute, but uh, I'm inclined to go Funchess. Now, I, I, let's take him. I think I think he is perfect for our system, and, and we can use him in so many different ways. He's he's well worth the pick here. Just playing devil's advocate, if Williams, Max Williams from Minnesota were still on the board, would that have changed your thought process at all? I think it would have given me more pause. I still think I would have leaned towards Funchess just due to our system, just due to how Jimmy Graham played, uh, due to how well done taking those kind of long, bigger athletes like Graham, like Marcus Colston. Um, I, you know, I think Funchess fits a little bit better than Max Williams, than a guy that I would want in line. I think, uh, you know, we, we kind of have our inline guy and in, in Ben Watson, and we could, I, I still think Funchess fits the Saints a lot better than Max Williams does. Yeah, I just think Funches offers maybe a little more upside, and then he does give us give us that that dual position versatility between wide receiver and tight end, whereas Max Williams and and Clive Walford would be tight ends only. So I kind of agree with you. Even if Max Williams hadn't come off the board, I think I would have sided toward Funches still. So turning in that pick, and then with the last pick of the first round, we have the uh, New England Patriots, and they have chosen Michael Bennett, defensive tackle out of Ohio State. So that's the first round in the books. So I'm pretty happy, Shane. Um, I, I think we took risks with both of our first-round picks, but I think they were calculated risks, and I think if they pay off, they're going to pay off huge. Now, I, I think we have significant downsides with both of our selections, especially the first one with Gregory, but if we hit on both of these, we're going to come away looking like geniuses. And and if, if you listen to our last show at Cleveland, I think it's different approaches for different teams, too. I think the Saints, um, even with trading with Jimmy Graham and kind of in this mini rebuilding, they can take a little more risk. Uh, you know how good Sean Payton is with the X's and O's. I think they feel confident with what Rob Ryan can do on defense. You know, you can take those risks when you have a coaching staff that's really good, that's cemented, where they're, they're not on the hot seat, and you know that they've they've done that development piece before. And I think both these players, Gregory and Funchess, need some development either on the field or off the field. And I think this is an organization that can do that. Well, before we wrap up, let's just talk a little bit about what our game plan would be for our our next handful of picks. Uh, Like I said, we're just going to stop at round one for the mock, but um, our next pick would be at 44. And for me, Shane, I, I have to go back to defense there. I think we got to use two of the three yeah. on defense. Um, uh, like I say, since we've obviously made a priority to diversify those assets and move from offense to defense, I think we need to go defender with the next pick. And I'm taking the best inside linebacker available at 44 if it's me, and whether it's Perriman, McKinney, Dawson, Anthony, Kendricks, I think there's going to be at least one of those guys available at 44. Is there anybody that kind of stands out for you, Shane, that uh, – that, 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 that's kind of head and shoulders above the pack, or are you uh, pretty receptive to any of those guys? I mean, I think any of those guys would be good. I would really be interested to see a guy like McKinney in, in the same system and, and see what how 
some different ways that we could use him. But I think any of those players are, are very good. And if you if you could get Perriman, uh, McKinney, you know, even a guy like like uh, like Kendricks with with his upside, um, it, it kind of falls well. It kind of falls real well for the Saints. Is that inside linebacker position, uh, even with signing Danelle Ellerby, is is a big need for them, especially in the future. They should be able they should be able to snatch one up in the second round pretty easily. Yeah, absolutely, and, and that's one of the reasons I, I, I think we didn't need to go that direction with 31. So then we have two right. picks in round three. Uh, and, and now I think this is where we get our, our, our wide receiver. Uh, we're going to assume Funches mm-hmm. review as a, as a tight end. So this is where we get our receiver, and I think there's going to be value. Now, now somebody might fall to us. I know the Saints really like Philip Dorsett from Miami. I don't think he'll be there in round three, but how about Tyler Lockett from Kansas State, another speedy vertical threat, big play guy. And, and keep in mind, we're not necessarily looking for – somebody to come in and be Calvin Johnson for us. We're, we're, at least initially, this person is going to come in and operate as a number three receiver. So I think Tyler Lockett from Kansas State, Rashad Green from Florida State, Justin Hardy from East Carolina. Uh, I, I, I'd be open to any of those guys with one of those two third-round picks. Um, is there anybody else in that conversation or anybody in that group that, that jumps out to you that you say, ah, oh, yeah, that's the one I want? I think it would make an interesting choice of who who are we going to pair with Brandon Cooks for the future too, and I agree we don't that we don't need that number one um, stud player necessarily, especially for someone that's going to play the slot early. I think Cooks established that he can play outside a bit, so I, I, I like Tyler Lockett. I think he's an ideal third round pick. I think he will be great for the Saints. Um, but I think a guy like Rashad Green actually could be a real nice fit because he has some experience outside, probably more of a slot-wide receiver, another versatile type of player with one of those third-rounders. Uh, wide receiver seems seems like a real nice positional and value fit. So then we have one other third-round pick. And then I think at that point, Shane, I think we're kind of playing with house money and, and, and we're getting into best player available range. But – all things being equal, I think best play available defensive player probably makes the most sense. Maybe also a little bit more offensive line depth, uh, especially a guy who can maybe cross-train at, at tackle and guard. I think I'd like to bring in at some point, whether it be round three, round four, round five, uh, middle rounds. But but by and large, after that, then, after we get our, our pass rusher, uh, we get inside linebacker, we get a tight end, wide receiver. After that, I'm, I'm kind of just looking best defensive players. Is there any single position beyond what we've already kind of outlined that, that you think we need to address? Or um, what, what are your thoughts for uh, after uh, for our final third-round pick? Well, then, then, it, then it becomes about adding depth. I think offensive line, I think corner. Um, if if we want to keep on the defensive side of the ball, I, I think both those positions are are nice fits where you could get, um, you know, you go on the offensive line and get a guy like Jeremiah Tassi from from Utah that can play tackle or guard. Uh, you could get a cornerback um, potentially to someone that falls or someone with big upside. Um, I, I think I think there's some versatility with that with that second third round pick of where the value stands. That was fun, Shane. I think it kind of gives good insight into the different types of conversations that 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 go on within these war rooms. And and we did two of these for those who who don't know. We also did this exact same exercise with the Cleveland Browns, and uh, and we chose these two teams because they had multiple first round picks and they were kind of intriguing situations. But I think it really kind of demonstrated the difference between maybe mindsets of different organizations, whereas the Saints, they're able to maybe go out on a little bit of a limb and, and take a chance on a guy like Randy Gregory because they have the, the organizational stability and the job security. I don't know that that would be the case in 
in Cleveland. I don't know that Cleveland can afford to take a guy like Randy Gregory, especially after last year with, with Justin Gilbert and Johnny Menzel. It's kind of blown up in their faces so far. Um, so I, I think this exercise really kind of pointed out maybe the not only the, the, the dynamics within the war rooms and some potential situations, but, but, but just the, the, the different dynamics, the, the, the different mindsets that can exist in, in one front office to the next. This isn't an apples-to-apples apples comparison where everybody's thinking the same. There are 32, and actually a lot more, but at least 32 probably very different sets of, of opinions across the league. Exactly, and that's what makes the draft so fun, is that every team's involved, every team has different opinions of players and the value of players, and that's why there's surprises, and um, some have a bit more need-based than than not, so I, 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 think, I think it was a lot of fun to do, I, I think it's something interesting, you know, go over to FanSpeak and, and try it yourself with, with your favorite team or with other teams, it's, it's a lot of fun. Absolutely. So with that, we're going to call the show. Hope everybody enjoyed it. We'll be back with another episode next week. Uh, but before we close out, we've got to remind everybody that there are only 26 days, 5 hours, 15 minutes, and 38 seconds left until the 2015 NFL Draft. Tick-tock. Tick-tock.